The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to westwatwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event, exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. Stallion, when we have conversations with the listener and they're telling us about their experience of this podcast, I've kind of narrowed it down into people into two buckets. Okay. The first bucket is, I am so excited about the possibility to become financially free and the just endless opportunities that you share on this podcast, the guests that you have, your coaches who come on and talk about things like I'm just fired up. Okay. What's the other one? I am so frustrated. You guys piss me off on a regular basis. (laughs) So we're polarizing. I'm not meaning like polarizing like the way our YouTube page is on calling Dave Ramsey out. Right? I'm not talking about people that are like fighting us because they they like Uncle Dave and they don't like it. We called him out on his crap. I'm talking about like frustrated with the number of ideas we've shared and they just can't take action for whatever reason. There's numerous things that keep us from being able to take action and implementing the ideas of passive income and financial freedom that it actually can become frustrating. Well, to be honest, I feel like for the longest time, Wealth Without Wall Street has created a choose-your-own-adventure story. Mm. Like we've just put all the information out there and said, hey, good luck. Uh, you can do it. You know, you can do it. We can help kind of thing and just put you into the story. And people just look around like, I don't know what's the first step. Well, that's why two buckets, right? The person who's like, oh, all I needed was the idea. I'm good. I'm gone. And they're quick starts, right? Yep. Everybody else, the other 98% of us, right, <laughs> says, man, great ideas. I don't know where to start. And now I, I spend time frustrated. Now, if only there was something, Russ, that we could create that would give people clarity on a crystal clear vision of what financial freedom would look like for them. I mean, what if we could do that? What if we could even follow up what you're talking about or just hypothesizing about? If there was a plan, right? A path that someone could take where they would know exactly where they're going, exactly the steps to get there, and how long would it actually take to become financially free. You mean down to the month and year that they could expect to be financially free? Yeah, like they would actually have been able to take all the passive income ideas I did down and uh, narrow it down to two. I think we ought to create that. That would be amazing. All right, so right here on the spot, you need to go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash challenge. You will be entered into our three-day challenge to get your financial freedom passport. Now, you know as well as I do, when you have a passport, you have a destination in mind. You have a place that you can visualize what it's going to be like when you get there, when you're sitting on the beach, sipping your Mai Tai, and that is what this passport is going to do. It's going to give you the clarity of what financial freedom will mean 
feel and look like for you and your family when that happens? All right. So that was like our effort of going through a sales routine to tell you about something that we've spent, I don't know, almost 12 months building. Mm. There is a lot of love and labor into these two things we just talked about for you. The challenge, the three-day challenge has some of our best content in it that's going to help you have a goal. And our Pathfinder course is the next step for you to know exactly where to go. This is for you so that you can get out of that bucket of frustration and on your path to actually being financially free. And we're going to help you do that. So as Joey said, go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash challenge. And I would love to see you in our inner circle group after you're doing it. Now, speaking of the inner circle group and our round table, let's belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the IBC Roundtable, where each week we go deeper into your favorite subject, the infinite banking concept. We talk about how this plays into the overall goal or path to financial freedom. I am one of your hosts, Russ, the idea guy, Morgan, and I'm sitting around the table with the best infinite banking coaches in the nation. Let me introduce them to you. To my right, the man that I love to refer to as the Italian stallion. He's got the license plate to prove it. Mr. Joey Murray. How are you today, Joey? Howdy. Doing good. Man, <laughs> I don't know how to follow up the howdy. Did you ride on a horse here, stallion? I'm just, I'm just ready to get after it, man. I mean, you know, this is, we're talking about financial freedom, talking about passive income. Let's just get after it today. Let, let's do it. Let's get on the range, if you will. Exactly. To your right, I got the man I love to refer to as downtown Ernie Brown, the entity in the Jones of finance, Mr. Ernie Brown. How are you, man? I'm good, Russ. By the way, I'm not from Indiana. You're not? Somebody asked. You're, <laughs> that would have been actually cool if, if you were from Indiana. <laughs> You're like, no, he's referring to me as a financial archaeologist. That's right. <laughs> that. That's right. You like to dig deep, man. You like you got the guy that asks questions. You're not going to just jump in surface level. You're going to go down a couple layers. Yeah, have to. Can't resist. Yeah, I mean, find I, those dinosaur bones. What? <laughs> it takes time. It takes time for that joke to work. I don't know. <laughs> All right, across the table from us, we have a resident pilot, Mark the Gooch. How are you, Mark? I'm doing great. I am actually really excited about this because. You know, this is a topic that just shows that there is no one way to get where it is that you want to go. There's a plethora of options out there and everyone's got a little bit of a different take. So I think this is good. No doubt. All right. Last but not least, the man with the million dollar smile, Mr. Incredible. How are you, JD? Howdy y'all, I think is uh, <laughs> what, what Joey meant to say. I Candidly, I'm, I'm really impressed that he actually waved. Um, that was very, he literally like he was waving at a crowd. Like, howdy. <laughs> I love that. You're welcome. 
Yeah, Joey's been on a lot of parades in his day. <laughs> you can tell. It shows. It is that month, I think. All right, so let's go into the day's topic. Today's topic is what do we believe or how do we perceive passive income, the ideas of it, and the implementation of it? So, Mark, you want to jump in there? First take? Long-term rental. It's where it all started for me. Mm. He just jumped straight into it. He did. I like that. JD. That was great. Um, you, know, you know, it's interesting as we were getting prepared for this. For me, it's like I, I have always been captivated by the idea of passive income, but I was always afraid to take action. And, um, you know, I've heard about turnkey rentals. I mean, I've heard about all these different ideas, but um, they just seemed like something that was um, I just didn't have the time for. And I heard a presentation uh, from a guy that we had on the podcast, Brian Page. And as I'm listening to his presentation, I'm like, holy cow, I can do this. <laughs> like, it was so simple for me. Like something just clicked, right? That I realized like this is something that I can actually do. And, and I was like, I'm going to do it. And, and then I did it. <laughs> I love it. I love the action part of that and taking, you know, saying I can do it. And you listened to the podcast and gave you that sort of motivation. Ernie? I just had this sort of imagery. If probably over the past three years, if I could go back and do a printout of all the things that my brain has looked at and thought about and gone deep in, <laughs> I mean, they'd just be stacks. Just seeing, I mean, it's a, I'm, I feel so privileged to just work inside this organization where ideas come by like the mailman. Flow like the salmon of Capistrano. That's right. <laughs> You know, <laughs> all right, Stallion. Beer first take, like wine. Hey, what, what was your thought on passive income ideas and implementation? Just this topic as a whole. You know, I I think back to the fact that I didn't even have any context for passive income. If you'd asked me even three, well, I would say four or five years ago, I, the only thing that would have come to mind was real estate, buying a piece of real estate as a long term rental, and that was it. And and I think. And I, and I look at where really God has given us so much more exposure through this podcast and being a part of this, the educational process of talking to all these different experts and then honing in on those ones that really made the most sense for us and just imagining like how far we've come in such a short amount of time. Um, I just think if you're listening to us talk right now, and thinking, well, that's where I was, or that's where I'm at right now. I don't have all these different ideas. This is going to, I mean, you can accomplish a lot in a short amount of time. Well, what about I, you? I remember you and I having a conversation. It was about almost a year ago, maybe a little longer than that, where we were, ha we were talking about what would it be like if we posted our own passive income report for everybody to see. And I, I was... I was excited about the idea of what that would make you and I do, right? Because I wasn't excited about what our passive income was at that time. Because to be honest, it was a fraction, less than 10% of what it is today. But I, what I knew and I was excited about is what it would force us to do. And hopefully through that would give um, encouragement to those watching and listening. Yeah, that was based off of when we interviewed... Um, Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas and seeing their 
online um, report every single month. That was really what was kind of sparking that. I remember oh, that. Totally, totally. All right. Well, Mark, you you talked about it. Uh, your kind of first take was long term rentals, where it all started. So I, I want to like break that down a little bit. How did you get into long term rental? What was some of the things that you did initially to get you involved in those? I started in the the long term rental space. Uh, started with the the Rich Dad Poor Dad book. And, you know, growing up in Hawaii, with the exception of Hawaii Island, every other island is getting smaller uh, just through erosion and people. But Hawaii Island is actually growing uh, in terms of real estate size. So knowing that real estate was going to be something that would, quote, appreciate because it was a finite resource. I knew that, hey, if I could get some of that, have something that other people want or need, I can turn around and leverage that. And so it, that's how I got into it. But it was an extremely slow process because the price to play in Hawaii was so high. So trying to save up and then come up with a down payment, it just wasn't really moving the pendulum for me uh, in that space. Well, so how did you get started though? What was the first step you took in terms of getting your long-term rental? So I had a unit and then I ended up moving out of it because I, I took a position on the mainland for a little bit. So I rented my apartment out and when I came home, I thought, well, I can move back into my place or I can just let someone keep paying for it and paying me. So I turned around and let them pay my mortgage and give me a little extra cheddar on the side and then turned around and bought a second unit, moved into that one. And then same thing, you know, except in that case, it was 2008 happened. So I actually had to leave the country to go find another job. And I thought, well, why not repeat what we did on the first one, get someone into that one. So now I got two people paying for both of my units uh, as well as, you know, giving me a little extra on the side. So that's really kind of how it started to move. Um, that first one is always the hardest one because if it goes empty, that's a hundred percent vacancy. Well, okay. so you are basically house hacking your, your way into the game. Yep. Yeah. Which I think is a great way for, for a lot of people to be able to get into passive income is maybe either taking a house that they already own and starting to rent out some space in it, rent out a, a you know an apartment above a garage. Maybe it's a duplex owning one side or the other, or it's like you did. You moved out of it, started renting it, and it's like, well, why don't I let those people continue to do that and get into another space? How about you, JD? You mentioned for you, you listened to a webinar. It fired you up. It it told you that there's an opportunity. I think it was in the short term rental space. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Although real quick to that house hacking idea, I, um, I, I tried doing that and I realized that because I have three kids and a wife and, and a dog that I was going to actually pay someone to move in with us. Um, <laughs> they weren't, they weren't going to pay me uh, to, 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 to move in here, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wired in a, in a really interesting way. Cause I, I love psychology. I constantly have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake at all times. Um, because like, I want to go really fast, but I'm also really cautious. And, you know, my investor DNA is I'm a designer, I'm a CD on my investor DNA. And so I will research everything. And so there's no more research to research. <laughs> and it's, it's really frustrating, um, because it's what keeps me stuck in the same place, but there's this internal desire for me to want to go fast. So I listened to Brian Page's webinar and I'm like this to me based on my personality, how, my, how I'm wired makes perfect sense. I knew I didn't want to be a landlord because I have 
virtually zero empathy. <laughs> like, um, and, and, you know, being a landlord requires having some measure of empathy. And it's not because I don't care, but anyways, so the idea of renting, right, a short term rental, and knowing that my risk was was just basically a 12 month lease made perfect sense. Because if there's an issue with the property, it's the landlord's fault or, or problem, not really mine. Um, if it doesn't work, it was just 12 months of, of rent. And, and so as I'm looking at like long-term rentals versus short-term rentals, and I'm, I'm trying to connect the two, I was just realizing that at least on the, the long-term rental side, just because of how I'm wired, like the juice just wasn't worth the squeeze for me in terms of doing a turnkey rental. Because I knew that if I was involved with the, uh, the tenants, Right, like, like I just said, I, don't, I lack empathy, and so I would need a, a property manager in between me and the tenant to make sure that somebody's there that's really nice to deal with the tenants. And um, and so I'm looking at you know two three hundred dollars a month, and and I'm like, geez, I I got to get like twenty of these, right? Because <laughs> my I got three boys, and our grocery bill is expensive, you know. <laughs> exactly. And, and and so the the short term rentals, like the the margins were were greater on that, and it was much more transactional in terms of the guests because they're not long term. Right, they have very little needs, and it was just easier for me. So I just, I don't know, that was easier for me to get my arms around based on again how I'm wired in my investor DNA. No, but, I, I, but then you took that information, you took action. What was the first step that you took? Uh, I then watched another webinar uh, from Jay Massey, <laughs> and uh, true story, I did. I watched two, <laughs> and then um, I went and immediately talked to a business partner and said, "Hey, I want to do this." And then I reached out to an individual that I knew that owned real estate and said, Hey, I gave him the whole, the whole pitch, the whole spill. I said, I want to rent your unit. And he said, okay, let's try it. Um, and now, you know, we're making a thousand dollars a month just on pet fees alone. I mean, it's phenomenal. Wait a minute. Okay. I don't want to miss this. Why did you reach out to a business partner first? Um, Look, we all have different strengths, right? And and I realized that that my strength is on analytics and data and numbers and those types of things. And my business partner, he's he's in real estate, um, and so we just decided that because of how we're our giftings, that it would be great if we could just work together. And I enjoy working on a team, anyways. Uh, and so I reached out to him because we also flip houses together and do some other things together. And uh, I was like, this is something that I think we should really get into um, because I'm not really interested in, in the long-term rental side. Mm. And so I reached out to him because it was going to be something that we could do together and, and share that expense as well. That is such a good takeaway. I don't want people to miss this because this could easily become, hey, well, I just don't have this either resource or I don't have this kind of strength or whatever, especially if you've gone through our Investor DNA course. If you haven't, you have an opportunity within our community, you can go and purchase that. And it is very telling when you put that sort of uh, emphasis on who you are as an investor and hold it up against the various different passive income ideas, you can see where the gaps are. And it may then drive you to the next step is, well, and rather than miss out on the opportunity, because I'm not necessarily the best fit by myself, who else can I partner with? Anyways, I, I just think that's a really, really important step some people miss. Well, I think it allows you to that tool you're talking about, the investor DNA, it partners, it's it's matched with our passive income matrix. It takes the six ideas that you and I personally have done and are doing and applies someone's the way they see the world to that, which is 
makes to me it's so much easier to narrow it down. But then also you can see from that investor DNA, should you partner? Like, are you the right fit? Because we were having a conversation um, earlier today with someone and they were saying, well, you know, how do I know, um, you know, there's some things that I'm attracted to, like some ideas that I think, you know, my style leads itself to, but then there's some parts of that that I know it wouldn't be a good fit. And and we were talking about maybe having a partner, whether that's a, like a business partner or maybe it's a spouse. Right. Where you, maybe your spouse or the business partner has the, those other uh, dynamics or characteristics or giftings, as you said, J.D., that would make a good fit to make that business work more um, successfully. So I, I love the what you're saying there. Well, Ernie, and, and some, go ahead. We, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. I'll just one last point on that. It's so like my wife did all the design and then my business partner, he's he's the gas pedal for us. <laughs> Right. Like, so I'm constantly on the gas and the brake. He's the gas pedal. So if I can get him behind the idea of what we're doing, he's going to run with it, which gets me out of the mud so we can go do it together. Mm. So, so to your point, right, of finding somebody that, that complements your giftings. Right. And, and again, I just think that we're, you know, multiple people can go together. You get exponentially greater results. Well, I, I want to shift to you, Ernie. Joey and I have watched you over the last several years, like amazingly be soaking up all of this content, like where you are, like, you know, you came to work with our company almost five years ago and you're coming out of college. And now all of a sudden you're thrown into this whole company that talks about finance. And, you know, it's easy probably to look at where your, your friends are and what they're doing and, you know, getting bigger houses, nicer cars, going on bigger vacations, uh, putting money in, in places that can't touch it. But just watching you, I've seen how you've been strategically building up toward passive income. So a second ago, you said there's all these ideas and you've been evaluating. I'd love to have your take on this. Yeah. Well, I don't think that I've told you this yet, but my investor DNA, the profile is contemplator. Mm. <laughs> which is sort of kind of perfect what you're talking about. It kind of sounds like you're talking about me. <laughs> the first decision that I made right coming out of college to be in a position to implement any passive income idea was not paying off my student loans or not, not, not paying, not attacking and paying down my student loans. And that put me in a position to, start my first insurance policy and take those dollars that would be going to student loans and positioning and cash value for opportunity. And then I remember the first idea that I sort of stepped up to, to really evaluate was when you guys first got into those crypto miners mm -hmm. and it was so much temptation. <laughs> it was so exciting, but the, I, I didn't pursue that one because I started thinking, you know, that's going to create cash flow, but it's not really going to create much past that in the form of, am I going to be able to sell this machine or this asset in the future? And so then I, it, that made me realize I, I want to invest in something that's going to provide, you know, a real hard asset that's going to provide, build some equity, build some value in the future. And so it narrowed in on, oh, it's going to be real estate and it's going to be owning real estate. And so realized that I want to own rental real estate and then started thinking about, well, in what fashion, right? And short-term rentals 
you know, it's kind of hard to follow JD because he's so fired up about the short-term rentals and this arbitrage method. But I was thinking then about this idea of lifestyle design that actually one of our, I don't know who came up with that, you know, put those two words together, but Mike Kelly, who's in our community and he's sort of a local Birmingham hero, in my opinion, he kind of brought that idea to me. And sort of what I want as I grew up at the lake, really want to own some nice lake property, some nice beach property and find a way where I can own that, but have other people pay for it <laughs> in the future by doing short-term rentals and then have a reason for, for us to buy a really nice wakeboard boat. So then it was evaluating, all right, short-term rentals can be a piece of this rental and just where the market was realized if I was going to purchase those retail, it'd be really expensive. So got introduced to the idea of creative finance and did some digging in that, got educated and just knowing Birmingham from living here, realized there's an area where there's probably some potential here with some duplexes. And so Caroline and I got some letters in the mail. That was a fun project. And I don't think that was probably the first to get a letter in their mailbox, most likely, but we'll see if we get some calls back and have really honed in now on, well, actually I do think turnkey because I've got zero empathy either. <laughs> like JD, our conversations sometimes are a little bit like, Ooh, <laughs> this, is, this is kind of tough between me and him. <laughs> I, like I detect bricks. no lies there. No lies detected. <laughs> like two, <laughs> two, two bricks trying to rub up against one, one another sometimes. So yeah, yeah, I, I realized that turnkey probably want to have somebody else manage that for us. And so now it's just Caroline being my business partner, us getting comfortable on when and how much can we pull the trigger on there? Okay. I've heard enough about infinite banking. I'm pretty sure it's a fit for me and my family, Russ. How do I get started? Let's take that pretty sure and make it darn sure. The reason you do that is that you get clarity, Joe. You need to get on a 15-minute call with one of our coaches at westwellwallstreet.com forward slash free call. Then you'll know where you're starting from and where you're headed. And only then can you implement the infinite banking process. All right. So go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash free call to get that 15 minute conversation, gain clarity. But now let's jump back into today's episode. Okay. We, there's a lot you just said that we can dig into. But the first thing I think is pretty phenomenal. You said, well, chose not to attack my student loan debt. Mm hmm. And that was a good move towards financial freedom. And I think there's some people that hear that and say, wait a minute, that's like the opposite of what everybody says. In fact, everybody is pushing me to go to college because it's the most important thing to do to get the great job so that I can push every dollar back into paying for this education that I got. Like that's the way everybody goes and you chose not to. Can you expand on that? Well, if I had chose to attack student loan debt and gone that route, which is sort of tough to be in my friend group and have that opinion because I'm one in a million <laughs> in that case. I would probably just now be getting to the place of getting those things paid off, most likely. And now I realize, well, last year the government created a way where I have to pay anything on those student loans. Thankful for that. But now I take those payments and I realize if I do one deal in real estate, I've already covered that payment mm. and just thankful to have been growing into the opportunity to be there. Well, I, I think you are keeping 
track or keeping score, so to speak, much, much differently than your friends. Right. Right? right. The scorecard. And by the way, if you haven't already taken advantage of getting access to our scorecard, you have an opportunity, right? Go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash scorecard, and you can find out where you are in a percentage to financial freedom. Like, are you at 0%? Are you at 2%? How far along are you? And what I, what I love about what you said is you decided because that's your, your basis, Passive income has to be greater than monthly expenses. Yeah. You decided, man, I need to be, I need to be building up cash in a, in a place I can um, get it to work through a policy or a series of policies now that then you can start creating that passive income much faster mm-hmm. than the guy that's just pounding that student loan debt. Mm-hmm. And potentially, the, the thing you didn't say is potentially putting yourself at more risk. Right. Right. If you just drained every dollar into those student loans and you've been paying them down, but not paying them off mm-hmm. and you run into an opportunity or an, a huge expense, you now have to be forced to go borrow or miss the opportunity because you have no access to cash. And so anyways, I, I just love hearing your story and seeing you're the person that, man, it, it had, Russ and I always talk about, I wish I had known these things when I was this age, you were that age. So <laughs> I'm grateful to to see you continue to grow there. Well, let's talk ideas and implementations with you, Stag, right? I mean, you, you mentioned early on in the show that passive income was not something you really truly understood or the process, but you wanted to know more. Like since, let's just go over the last 12 months, talk about one passive income idea that that you really resonated with and then talk about the implementation. So I think my favorite thing, and the more I learn about myself through things like what uh, JD, you've already talked about with the investor DNA report. Um, by the way, that thing is so ridiculously awesome. If you haven't done it, you got to learn this about yourself because I, I'm an S uh, type on there. And the S loves consistent and safety right? Consistency and safety. So you give me a land flipping as an opportunity and it is just, it is awesome because it's hard assets. It's buying it. at such a deep discount that you can't possibly miss and turn it around and creating passive income on note income that if someone defaults, I get the whole property back. Like it just is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Not to mention it's one of those businesses that the government and hedge funds and all the potential like vultures out there are not, it's not even on the radar because it's so, um, it's so difficult for those players to get involved or they really don't care. I mean, you look at the way government regulations are for housing as opposed to land, they're just non-existent. Talk, talk about then how did you implement that? So you, you, you're basically saying that was an idea that you resonated with. Yes. How did you take action? How well, did you implement? At first, I was like, again, looking at that passive income matrix, the amount of time it took to get that up and running was just not an option right? You and I both looked at each other. We're like, man, this is such a great idea. How can we possibly be a part of this? And the first answer was we got to hire somebody, right? And we went down that path and we hired somebody. We started to build that process. And 
it it really it just was going so slow. It wasn't getting off the ground the way we had hoped, and and we started to find alternate ways to hire that team out. Well, I, I think it's really interesting. What you're talking about is there's some key factors that all passive income ideas have, right? There's time required, there's capital required, there's selling required, and there's detail required. Yep. And when we were looking at, after you and I went through the whole flight school, when we went through the boot camp, what did we realize? The person operating the business of land flipping needed to have a lot of self skills. Yes. They needed to be really good at talking to people. And unfortunately, we didn't consider that one detail, that key factor, when we picked an operator to go uh, yeah. run it for us. I mean, I think, and you probably agree. I thought the details portion of the business was way more important. Like running the systems every day was more important, but we kind of missed the fact that you have to talk to people. You have to get them on the phone to, to buy their land and you have to get the other folks that to, um, to purchase that land. Yep. And that's a, that's a key cog in the wheel. If you don't have it, action just doesn't really happen. Well, and I think from that though, you you figured out that implementing that needed so we had to make a change we had to make an adjustment get some uh, people in place that could run the business they were already running businesses like this okay and so how have you seen that one land flipping business um help you create passive income well so at this point it's super hands-off for us and we're able to just essentially get reports every week and go in and say man this this thing has grown to now up over $11,000 a month in passive income in just a little over a year. It, I, I was, and that's super exciting to me. I, I sat on a call the other day with our, our group who's running it and that they, they shared an interesting stat. So, you know, we share numbers so that you understand what's going on and, and you can see, cause a lot of the questions that you ask is, well, how much money did you put in to get $11,000 a month? So we were sitting on this call, they were going through, our, our stats and they said, okay, you've put in $150,000 in capital into the, the business. Um, and it's been, I don't know, 14 months ago, 16 months ago. I think ago, it's about 13. Whatever. Yeah. I, I, I lose track. And they were showing us what, what is the value of the business right now? What are all the notes worth? And it was like $610,000. And they were saying, okay, now just so you know, like we're going to keep reinvesting buying more more pieces of property with this eleven thousand that's coming in a month and then they did a projection out for me three to five years from now showing it being over three million dollars worth of enterprise value of the notes and it's just this constant compounding of the notes itself and at any point in time we can take that cash flow and start spending it but right now since we don't need it right our active income it's our passion income the thing we love to do which is talking to you right now is paying all of our expenses and then some. So we're able to use this passive income on the side to create more passive income streams. Right, exactly. I, I, I love that. So for my part of this, I will share the idea that stuck out to me was what very similar to JD's, which was short-term rental. And, and JD, I don't know what it was about, you know, that, that webinar I sat on the same one you did, and I got fired up too. I thought, we can do this. Like, this is something that I stay in Airbnb rentals and VRBO and booking and all that stuff. I go to those same uh, sites and I want to be able to stay in, you know, why, why can't I create a property and put it on those same sites as well? And I, just sitting here with the stallion, 
one day we were talking about that and said, Hey man, you got this long-term rental and it's been a big loser. <laughs> Why don't we just kick the guy out of there that, uh, when, when the lease comes up, <laughs> he was thrilled by the way. And, and get you, get you somebody that, that pays you, that takes better care of it. And we turn that into a better performing asset. When, when, when's the lease come up? Oh, he's out in the end of May. All right. Perfect. Sounds good. Give him your 60 day notice and let him go. And so we, we really, uh, we went into that just like you did, just like guns a blazing, fired up, not really knowing exactly how it's going to work. But the implementation for us was this is going to require somebody to run it. And I knew the stallion and I was not going to be those two people. No. And I talked to Mark and Mark said, man, I've been going through this course. I love it. I think this is awesome. Um, but it, it's something's going to require a lot of hands-on effort. Are you sure you want to do it? <laughs> I can remember Mark, you trying to talk us out of it. <laughs> like, I don't know guys, I think it makes money, but I don't know if you guys have the time, which was really good, man. I really appreciated that feedback because for us, that made us like press pause for just a second, which is hard because I'm gassing uh, gas. <laughs> He's very gassy. Yeah. I, 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 like Joey was trying to slip his foot over there toward the break, but you know, I'm blocking him out with one foot, pressing down with the other. But it, what it did for us, Mark, it, it made us say, okay, we have to find an operator very similar to what you were talking about with the land flipping business. We need to find somebody who is geared to run this. And for us, we said, we're not going to just run one. We're if we're going to do one, we might as well do a hundred. Well, we had a goal of fifteen in the first year. Yeah. Well, and so we said, all right. Well, if we're going to get fifteen units, we need somebody who's going to be full time. And so we started putting out feelers to different people that we know who are in fields that may lend them to be good operators. And man, the Lord just blessed us, right? Um, a business owner whose business had been super successful. Um, ran through COVID, ran through some things that, you know, unfortunately, unforeseen, yeah. yeah, unforeseen issues that caused him to have to switch businesses. And it, it was just perfect timing. And not only did we reach our 15 goal, we got almost 20 within that first 12 months. And it has been a super successful enterprise. I mean, I think last month we went over 20,000 a month in passive just in our short-term rental business and net after everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's to me, the, these ideas and taking them into implementation. So the last thing I want to talk about, and I want to go back to you, Mark on this is you, you're having conversations with clients, with people who are calling in and they, they need help. They need trying to narrow down all these options to one or two. Talk a little bit about how you're helping them do that. The way that I, I go through it is, is very similar to, to, to what you guys have mentioned, um, not necessarily to the, to the degree of let, let's do the investor DNA, but I think the next logical step is the investor DNA because what each of us have said here, right, Russ, what you said, Joey, Ernie, JD, myself, is there's a lot of options on the table and you've got to really take an honest moment and ask yourself, what do I like to do? What am I willing to do? What am I capable of doing? I ran through the whole SDR thing. I looked at Brian Page's program. I looked at Jay Massey's program. I can tell you right now, without a doubt, yes, the formula works. The process is great. The money is there. It makes sense on paper. It does not make sense for me personally to do it. 
because I don't want to do that type of work. And I think that's really, if, if, if we want to sum up what we're talking about today, is it's finding that one thing that you like doing, or maybe multiples if you do, but just seeing a shiny penny and jumping at it, you're going to back yourself into a corner that you may not like. And there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And it's got to be something that you're willing to work through to, to get to that final destination that, that you've charted for yourself. And I, I, I think that would be the takeaway that I would like to give everyone that I work with is long-term rentals work great for me. I like them. I also know the pitfalls that go with them. I know the limitations. I know what's great about STRs as well. I also know what I don't particularly care. So it's finding that, that piece of the puzzle that fits for you and just being honest with yourself. Well, Mark, there's also, you, you've mentioned this on the show, but you've been able to become financially free, right? You've been able to replace your monthly expenses with all the passive income streams that you've created. Kudos to you, man. That That is an amazing um, mark without saying your name, accomplishment? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> an accomplishment, right? I mean, that is, that, that truly is super impressive. How, when you hit that point where your financial freedom score was a hundred percent or greater, what did that feel like? It was incredibly liberating because mm. I knew at that moment, I no longer needed my paycheck. That yeah, Mark goes on vacation pay. a lot now. <laughs> we're, yeah, getting, if you, we're getting there but yeah it was, if it, it was it was great because i i had reached that dream that i had set my, for myself years ago i still have a photo on the wall and it's a little and there's a little piece of paper in it and it was a 10-year contract with myself and i wrote it in 2006 and i said in 10 years i will be financially free able to leave my job if i so choose mm -hmm. so that was 2016. I didn't quite hit it at 2016, but I was a lot closer than I was in 2006. That's so cool. And for, for you that don't know Mark's background, Mark has been a pilot uh, for um, his whole career. And for him to get to that point and through passive income, man, that's so awesome. JD, final thoughts on the topic. Final thoughts on the topic for me is um, next up for us is, is going to be like a million dollar beach house for a short-term rental. Um, I want to I want to start acquiring properties that we want to visit, um, but have them as short term rentals. I, I'm ready to visit them with you. You can invest <laughs> with us. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, we I are, definitely would be in on all the due diligence trips. Just of, let me know, of uh, course. Yes. Where, where to re, where to send my receipts into? Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Ernie, final thoughts, next steps. Yeah, more on the like four to six to eight million dollar beach house. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, real estate at the beach is expensive. Yeah, that's it, what we call a one up, JD. Is that what it is? That's what that's what you call it in that's, Alabama. That's the Tommy Topper right there. That's the. <laughs> or actually, it was probably Ernie just being real. He's like, I've been watching Joey look up beach houses yeah, that he it. could buy a uh, million dollars. I don't know what beach that's you're it. looking at. <laughs> <laughs> do you want more or less than a thousand square feet <laughs> birmingham beach all right next steps for you well i i think about i mean a book that i read was was good to great mm. and just think about there's these three principles and i think we talk a lot about what suits as investors right what's a great personality fit but i also think what 
what opportunities are there? Do you need more exposure to more ideas and opportunities? You need more information about how you're best suited. And do you have real clarity around what's driving that economic engine? Is your activity, are you implementing ideas that's going to drive your economic engine? And if you're trying to be financially free in three months, short-term rentals or long-term rental real estate probably isn't going to get you there. And so just being practical on that front and think through not just one thing, but I think that book gives, you know, I think it applies these three ideas. We put these together. All right, we're more clear. Where am I headed? What opportunities I have? What am I going to enjoy doing? We put that together. I think see people have success. Yeah, setting the right expectations, right? Because that's the hard part is not having the expectations meet the reality. Stallion, next steps? Well, my, my next step is to meet with these freedom seekers in our inner circle and to see what they're doing to take the next step and how we can help them uh, get down that path. Just one more step, one more step and keep encouraging them to take these same steps. So if you're, if you're not a part of our inner circle, by the way, you have an opportunity, uh, go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash inner circle, uh, which by the way, we're about to totally give this thing an injection, like an enhancement. Oh yeah. If you will. Okay. The inner circle is about to become epic. Well, I, I will say what is the goal of the inner circle is to get you from 0% of the way toward financial freedom up to at least 25%, right? We, we're creating some passive income masterminds and things like that will take you over 200%. Uh, that's where uh, the marks of the world need to be, right? To see those, the, those next level items, the things that um, can help you turn it up the notch from 10 to 11, right? But Inner Circle is there to support you both from coaching, but also from community. You have to surround yourself with people who are going to where you want to be or already where you want to go. And this is the group. So go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash Inner Circle. Take part in that. Thank you for, for joining. Thank you, coaches. Well, well done. I love the fact that you all shared what's going on in your life and where you are. I think each one of your situations resonates with someone listening. So thank you. Appreciate you. And thank you for listening to this podcast. As always, if you know someone who needs to hear this, you know someone who needs to be motivated to go and do something that they're not already doing so that they can be financially free, share this podcast with them. Leave us a review for all those people who don't have a friend like you is not sharing it. That's how they learned about the show. We get moved up the rankings when you give us reviews. So we always appreciate when you do that. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.